Well, I believe that song is very fitting to what the Lord has on our heart today to share with you. Everybody needs the kind of love that holds on and holds up. Do you need that kind of love today? I believe you really do. All of us need that kind of love. And speaking of that kind of love, uh, this past week I had the privilege of going and visiting one of our men, Brother Jerry Hubbard. I've not seen Brother Jerry in quite some time due to the COVID virus. However, I was able to visit with Brother Jerry, Brother Josh's dad, and as I walked uh, to uh, the place where he is uh, being taken care of, I want you to know that he is confined to the bed 24-7. I don't know if you know what that's like, if any of you have ever experienced being in the bed from morning till night, in between, all during the day. Can you imagine how that would be uh, to wake up and be in your bed and go to sleep and be in your bed and spend all day long? I don't know about you, but after I finished visiting Brother Jerry, I had to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for all the ways I've complained about my little aches and pains and things that I go through. And I believe all of us today uh, would probably admit that uh, we are blessed, no doubt, beyond measure. I love Brother Jerry, and as I saw him, I said, Brother Jerry, I'm glad to see you. God bless you, my friend. He smiled and said, yes, I'm glad to see you as well. And as we began to talk and fellowship, and furthermore, we were able to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The Lord put it in my heart to uh, take the Lord's Supper with Brother Jerry, not knowing how long it had been since he had been able to celebrate that great event. And so we rejoiced together over it. In the course of our conversation, I mentioned to Brother Jerry his favorite verse. You know it. I don't know if you know it or not. Maybe you do. It's Romans 8, 28. I said, Brother Jerry, I know your favorite verse. And we both quoted it together. And we know that all things work together for the good. I said, Brother Jerry, I understand that doesn't mean all things are good, but it does. Jesus tells us through his servant Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, that all things work together for the good. To them that love the Lord and to them that are called according to his purpose. And so we rejoiced over that and had a time of prayer together. I told Brother Jerry I would see him, Lord willing, somewhere down the road, hopefully, either here, there, or in the air. I made my way out and was heavy-hearted to pray and have been uh, burdened to pray for him ever since. But he experienced that kind of love that we're talking about, that love that holds on. That kind of love that God has for us not only holds on, but holds us up. And I'll tell you what, beloved, if you or me ever have to go through the experiences that he's going through now, uh, it's the love of God that will hold us up. It's the love of God that will hold on. I mean, it's difficult for us to understand. And I told him, hey, I can't ex relate to what you're going through unless you've been through it. And yet, the love of God is going to hold us up and it's going to hold on. That's our great encouragement and that's our great assurance no matter what we face. And I thank God for the love of God. Speaking of holding on and holding up, did you hear about the lady that put Gorilla Glue in her hair? 
Did anybody hear about that? Uh, whatever you do, don't put Gorilla Glue in your hair. I don't know what prompted all that, but anyway, uh, I understand she had some real uh, sticky situation, I might say. I, I had uh, my first experience with Gorilla Glue back about 10 years ago. I was driving down to First Baptist Altoona on a Monday to preach that night and Tuesday and then come back and um, be with our church family on Wednesday. And uh, I was riding down to Altoona, Florida. I don't know if you know where that's at or not. It's about eight hours from here. It's up above Orlando, Florida. And as I was riding on the interstate, right past uh, around the Valdosta area, several hours before I got to Altoona, I was riding along, everything was fine, and it was a warm day, the sun was out, and as I was riding, I could see something in the middle of the road. Now, on either side of me, on the left and on the right, was traffic, therefore I could not go into that lane or to this lane, and as I was approaching this particular object, I could not tell exactly what it was, but I knew that I could not shift into the other lane. I don't know if you've ever had that experience or not, but uh, at the time, we had a little Honda Civic, which sits low to the ground on top of that. So, I'm riding along, here's this object, I'm getting closer and closer to it, and all of a sudden, right before I get right on it, about 20 yards, I noticed it was a ladder, an aluminum ladder laying in the middle of the road. Well, I grabbed the wheel to brace as I had no other alternative but to straddle this particular ladder, and as I rolled over it, I heard a thud. And how I many know oh, that's not good? <laughs> anyway, as I finished uh, running over the ladder, I said, oh, my soul, it's probably torn out the oil pan or knocked some line loose or something. So I pulled off the side of the road and looked up under the bottom of the car. Praise God, it didn't knock anything out. Nothing was leaking. And so I got back in the car, made my way down to the First Baptist Church, Altoona, and as I arrived, right in time, about 15 minutes before the service started, I got out of the car, I slammed the door, and the back bumper fell off, all right? <laughs> it just fell to the ground. I, I said, praise the Lord anyway. Well, I said all that to say this. Uh, I stayed uh, the two days, and then on my way back, I said, how in the world can I get this bumper back on? So I got some Gorilla Glue. <laughs> and I put the Gorilla Glue on the bumper, so needless to say, I made it home. So anyway, love that will not let you go. I want to share with you today, as we look in our Bibles, the message, love that holds on and holds up. This kind of love that God has for us, it holds on and it holds up. I got a feeling there's some people watching by way of live stream and some here today that maybe you're feeling unlovely. Maybe you're feeling rejected. Maybe you're feeling like you're just sad, SAD, seasonal attention disorder, the rain, the cold. And, and you need to let the sunshine of God's love come in your life to understand that this is the kind of love that holds on and holds up. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Jude, the last book before we get to the book of Revelation. We studied through Revelation, and I felt like we could take a little break this week and look at this wonderful passage in the book of Jude. And as you turn to the book of Jude, please with me uh, pay attention and uh, turn to those wonderful verses in the latter part of the chapter. Now, before we read the text, I want to share with you the fact, in a nutshell, from a bird's eye view, 
you could summarize or outline the book of Jude in this manner. It is in regards to false teachers, apostates. And first of all, there would be the description. Secondly, the definition. And thirdly, the destination of apostates, false teachers. However, uh, the writer Jude, who's led by the Holy Spirit, brings us down to these latter verses, namely verses 20 through 24, and there's a wonderful uh, passage that will encourage your heart today. I've had to uh, preach from this text before, but not the same message. So, I'm reading from the book of Jude, verse number 20. If you're there, if you'd like to stand, you may do so at this time. We're talking today on the subject of love that holds on, love that holds up. It holds on and it holds up. In the book of Jude, we began in verse number 20. If you dare say amen. And so after describing these apostates, then the message is directed to the blood the blood-washed believers. Notice verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. And then pay attention, please, to verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Let's just camp there just for a moment. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Would you repeat that with me, please? Keep yourselves in the love of God. One more time. Keep yourselves. Tereo is the word for keep. It means to guard, to watch over. And I dare say that as a Christian, a child of the living God, it's so easy for us to let go of the love of God. It's so easy for us to forget the love of God. But wait a minute. Here's the text that God quickened in my heart to share with you today. Verse 21 again. Keep yourselves, tereo, tereo, guard, watch over, and uh, understand the important, keep yourselves in the agape of God, the love, unconditional love of God. And then notice what he said, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The word looking there, you might be interested to note, is the word expectation, anticipation, looking. And I'll develop that a little bit more as the Lord helps me in just a moment. But look at verse 22. And of some have compassion. Ileo. Ileo is the word compassion. It means mercy. And some have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. I want to pause briefly to note the word pulling is the word harpazo. The same word we get where our word uh, caught up in the rapture. He said, others, verse 23, saved with fear, pulling them, snatching them, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now to him that's able to keep you, him that's able to keep you, faluso is the word keep in this text, keep you. Now to him that's able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. If you look at that etymology of that word joy, you'd find out that it's in reference to ecstatic delight. 
with exceeding joy. Oh, I'm telling you, if you're not happy today, you will be after we finish the message. Notice verse 25. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Father, how can we say thanks for who you are? How can we bless you? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing of your great and good grace and unconditional love. Oh, Father, thank you for saving my lost soul. And I praise you for that kind of love that holds on and holds up in the troubles and trials of this old life. Lord, I bless you that you hadn't promised that you would uh, take all the storms from us, but you did promise that you'd carry us through the storms. I pray for those that are here today and listening, our Lord, that uh, we would experience uh, in our hearts and in our life uh, your great love. Oh, Father, help us to bask in that love. Help us to rest in that love. Help us to, dear Lord, be reciprocants of that love and share that great love, our Lord, with others because it holds us up and it holds on when nothing else will. So be glorified, we pray, as souls come to experience your forgiveness this day and your people fall in love with you as we return to our first love. And we give you glory now, Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going in the message today. If you're one that takes notes, don't worry about getting these right now. But there would be three reasons I would like to share with you today why you and I need the kind of love that holds on and holds up. Three reasons. Three reasons that I find from the text that this kind of love holds on and holds up. Number one, rather than falling into doubting instead of shouting, the kind of love that holds us up and holds on is the kind of love that we can experience by praying in the Holy Ghost. I find that in verse number 20. And then secondly, the second reason you and I need the kind of love that holds on. It doesn't let you go. It doesn't turn its back on you. This kind of love, it's, it's, oh, bless the Lord. It's the kind of love that holds on, and it holds up too. And it's re this reason, number two, is rather than falling into being bitten with bitterness, we can experience this kind of love by watching and waiting for Jesus Christ to come again. I see that clearly in verse number 20 of the text. And then there's a third reason that uh, you and I need to consider today that the love of God will hold on and hold up, and it's this, namely, rather than falling into, in this text, falling into apathy and falling into apostasy, the kind of love that God has for us will hold us up and hold on as we pull others out of the eternal lake of fire. You'll see that based on the text, verses 22 and 23. All right, let's go number one. First reason you and I need this kind of love 
And I believe today there's some hungry hearts. I believe today there's some hurting hearts. I believe there's some today some hopeless hearts. And you will be blessed and encouraged to know that God has got a God of love that holds on and it holds up. And so number one, rather than falling into doubting instead of shouting, the kind of love that you and I need is the love of God, which will, if you'll note, it will hold up and hold on. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. By praying in the Holy Ghost. You look at it again, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And so the first kind of love that uh, we need is the kind of love that will uh, hold on and hold up. And it's experienced by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know that all of us are prone to fall. Have you ever fallen? How many have ever fallen? Have you ever fallen? You've probably fallen. We've all fallen. You know, anybody can fall. Yeah, anybody can fall. And I'm not just talking about physically falling. I'm talking about falling into temptation. I'm talking about falling into apostasy. I'm talking about falling into murmuring and complaining. I'm talking about falling into gossiping. I'm talking about falling into being carnal. I'm talking about falling into being selfish. I'm talking about falling into being greedy. I'm talking about falling into being covetous. I'm talking about falling into self-serving, whatever the case may be, we are all prone to fall. Yes, we are. And the enemy, listen, the devil, if he cannot deceive us to reject the sacrificial atoning death of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved by his blood, if he cannot accomplish that task, then I suggest to you Satan will put a trap in your path or in my path or he'll just dig a pit and cause us to trip and fall into a pit. Anybody can fall. And I'll tell you what, the Bible teaches, in he that thinks he stand, take heed, lest he fall. And so we uh, have to be aware and not ignorant of Satan's devices. Anybody can fall. But note this too. Somebody ought to pick them up. Somebody ought to pick them up. I'll tell you what, we can stay busy until Jesus comes again, restoring our fallen brothers and fallen sisters. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about. There are many people that aren't darkening the doors of the church. And for whatever reason, uh, it's our responsibility as God's people to go and restore. James chapter 5 and verse 20, James says, Let him that know that he that converteth a sinner from the air of his ways shall save a soul from death, hide a multitude of sins. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, Paul wrote to the church of Galatia, Brethren, he's speaking to Christians, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. In a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And so anybody can fall. Somebody ought to pick them up. And uh, by the way, when uh, our brothers and sisters fall, we shouldn't kick them. We shouldn't shoot them. We shouldn't throw them under the bus. Rather, we should go in the love of God and reach out a helping hand and reach out a healing hand and reach out a hopeful hand and say, Brother, I'm not giving up on you. Sister, I'm not giving up on you because God's not giving up on you. 
Thanks be to God, when you were down and when you slipped, it was the grace of God and the mercies of God and the love of God that kept you in fellowship with the Lord. And there's a, uh, there's a mission field, there's a harvest field of Christians today who have fallen and need to be restored. I'll tell you, will you take that challenge today? Will you take that challenge today? Mm, first, you've got to examine your heart, yes. And then we go in the love of Christ with the intention and the motive that, uh, that we love people, not their sin, but we love people and we seek to see them reconcile to our Father in heaven. Oh, yes. I believe God's placing somebody on your heart right now. You've got a child. You've got a grandson. You've got a, a, a in-laws. You've got a neighbor. You've got somebody in your life and your family that's not where they ought to be with the Lord. And the Lord is saying, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Yes, because this kind of love holds on and this kind of love holds up. Oh, yes, it really does. Anybody can fall. Somebody ought to pick them up. You know why? Because everybody needs the love of God to hold us up and to hold on. It's the greatest thing this side of heaven, the love of God. When other people will forsake you, the Lord will not forsake you. When other people will turn their back on you, Jesus will not turn his back on you. When other people criticize you, the Lord God will not criticize you. Oh, that's the kind of love that'll hold you up, and that's the kind of love that'll hold on. We all need it. You need it. I need it. Every person, no exception that's in here this morning and listening by way of live stream, every one of us need that kind of love that holds on, that kind of love that holds up. How many have ever, how many have ever, truthfully, truthfully, how many have ever, been disappointed because you knew you really wasn't where you ought to be with the Lord. Did God give up on you? No. And he's not going to. That ought to cause a Baptist to shout. <laughs> or should I say a Presbyterian? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Now, here's the deal. See if you agree with me. We beat ourselves up black and blue when we mess up. Really. And, and, and we get further away from God of condemnation and, 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 and beat ourselves up. And then the Lord said, hey, I'm right here. Like the Father, I got my arms wide open. Come back home, son. Come back home, daughter. <laughs> I'm not giving up on you. He's got a great love for us that holds up and holds on. And some of you today, I was up all night long. I couldn't sleep last night. I got up at 1 o'clock, and I just stayed up and prayed. I could not sleep at all. I went out walking about 4 o'clock this morning, and I got to thinking about what I was going to share this morning and mulling over it, and here's what the Lord indicated to me, put on my heart. To some of you today, you're sitting here today, but you don't really feel that God loves you. You feel unlovely, don't you? It's, it's difficult for us to, because we're performance-based acceptance wired. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever learned to just rest in the love of God? <laughs> 
We live in that busyness, business, rat race mentality. I've got to work. And as long as I'm doing this and doing this, God's pleased with me. No, you can rest in his unconditional love. Yes, that agape love. Anybody can fall. Somebody ought to pick them up. Everybody needs the love that holds on and holds up. Can I throw a name out to you that you'll probably recognize that recently has been reported with some discrepancies? How many of you know the name Ravi Zachariah? It breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart to hear the report. And I know many of you listen to Ravi Zachariah on the radio and Certainly, he was used in a wonderful way in the educational realm, dealing with uh, college students and from an apologetic uh, perspective, debating with, uh, you know, the atheist and agnostic and panatheism and uh, all of that. And yet, recently... According to a report I just read out of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution this week that the ministry confirms and slash affirms that there were some terrible discrepancies used by Rabbi Zachariah who evidently uh, had either he had two spas or a couple of spas and went there and nonetheless some sexual connotations that were reportedly uh, Don now just slings mud on him, the ministry, his ministry. At 74 years old, he passed away. But the point is this. Whatever you think about it, I don't know. But I know this. I know on the one hand, this is my conclusion. Are you ready for it? If you're ready, say amen. Number one, there goes you and me yet by the grace of God. Don't think it can't happen to you. Don't look so self-righteous. Uh-uh. It can happen to you and me and anybody else, number one. And so we're prone to throw rocks and sling mud. Number two, obviously, it, it, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts the work of the Lord. It hurts the credibility of men of God. It hurts the reliability of the uh, ministry. And so... Um, that's the conclusion. The love of God. I'm talking about a love that will hold you up and a love that will hold on. But that leads me to another thought, and that is keep yourselves in the love of God. This word keep is an interesting word. Keep yourselves in the love of God and looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life. Here's the word keep. Tereo. I felt led to go ahead and copy this and put it on the board so that you would see the word has a wonderful meaning. You can just read over that in the English, keep yourself in the love of God, and it doesn't really mean as much to me as when I break it down, tereo, tereo. It means to watch over, watch over, to guard, to keep, to observe, keep yourself, watch over, guard the love of God. That is, keep yourselves in the love of God. You know, the enemy is uh, notoriously known for luring us away, for dangling his bait and his temptations to make us think that God really doesn't love us and that, 
uh, the Lord doesn't have a plan for us. And maybe there's somebody you that are being tempted uh, right now that you need prayer. You need somebody to, to help uh, come alongside of you. I'm convinced in a congregation this size that there are some of us that are, are facing some real challenges and, and, and keep yourself in the love of God, the love that holds on and the kind of love that holds up. Yes, this is that kind of love. I talked with a lady last week who happened to work with hospice care, and here's what she told me. I'm just telling you, this is repeated over and over again. Here's what she said. I said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. She's a real nice lady, and she works with hospice care. I said, wonderful. I said, do you go to church anywhere? She said, well, I did go. And she told me the name of the church, and I said, what do you mean you did go? She said, I used to go. And she said, I don't go anymore. And I said, well, why not? What's, what's the problem? She said, well, it's a big church in Conyers. I won't name the name of it, but here's what she said. She said, I was going through a divorce, and I talked with somebody on the staff, and they told me that uh, they pretty much threw rocks at me. They made me feel like that uh, I was nothing but a filthy rag and that, that God wouldn't use me anymore. Now, whether that be true or not, I don't know. I'm just telling you what happened according to her report. I realize there's two sides of the story. But here's, here's a lady who has, has been disconnected. Here's somebody who is out of the will of God, obviously, and needs to be restored, needs to be back in fellowship with the Lord. And as I heard that, I thought, how many more people are out in our woods and neighborhoods that are the devil's just using an excuse to keep them from serving the Lord and being in the will of God let me hasten now to number two. There's a second reason that you and I need the kind of love that holds on and holds up. And it's here. It's found in verse number 21. It's rather than falling into being bitten with bitterness, we can have the love of God by watching and waiting for the coming of the Lord. Look again at verse 21. And I hope you're noticing that we're using the text uh, right before us and just uh, doing a exegetical analysis of each verse that we read this morning. Look at verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking, again, that word looking, awaiting, or expecting, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourself from falling. Rather, this kind of love keeps us from falling, should I say, and being bitten with bitterness. I wish I had time to tell you. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to tell you. How many people that I've personally talked with over the last number of years, three decades, that have gotten their feelings hurt in church, they got mad, they had a fallout with a brother or sister or something happened, and, and like I was just explaining, and they're bitten with bitterness. They're bitten with bitterness. Maybe there's somebody you that's sitting here today that you've, uh, you've got a bone to pick and, and, and maybe you know somebody that does. Uh, bitten with bitterness. The love of God will keep us from being bitten with bitterness. And even though people will do us wrong, how many know people will do you wrong? How many know that everything's not going to go your way? How many know that sometimes uh, Christians can even be wrong? And, and sometimes Christians, uh, we can... Across our wires, and nobody's perfect, but we're to love and forgive. And the only way we can do that is to stay held up and held on by the love of God. Here's why. Here's why. You ready? Here's why. Here's why. 
Because if we expect and we seek to get love from other people, including our spouse, including our children, including our friends, if that's all the love we have, we're going to come away sadly disappointed. Why? Because people cannot love us unconditionally like, like God only loves us unconditionally. And therefore, you and I will come away empty, needing somebody to fill our love tank. And it's just not going to happen. People cannot be consistent like God's love is. And there's some of you sitting today right here. You're thinking, I don't feel loved. And, and, and my husband and my wife and my children. And, and, and I just really don't feel that love, that unconditional agape love. Well, if you bask in the love... Then, then you will have the capacity to let some things go. Maybe there's somebody you today that have uh, gone through some things and you're angry about this or angry about that. And God's saying, if you'll experience my love, if you'll let some things go, my love will hold you up and hold on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'll be honest with you. The ministry is not for a bunch of sissies. It's for men of God and women of God who have some backbone and courage. Because you're not always going to be appreciated and liked and you're going to be talked about. And I'm talking about from the very best of Christians. It's the way it is. And if you and I do not experience the love from God, you and I would experience our feelings hurt before the sun goes down. Are you with me? Newsflash, the church isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Jesus is. <laughs> and so... If you come to church, like so many people do, they come to church and think, oh, everybody's going to be perfect. And oh, boy, now I don't, I don't, I can leave my workplace and I can leave the, you know, the, the corporate world and, and things. Everybody be different. Things all will be different. You're coming into a place that's a hospital for sinners. Hello? Hospital for sinners. There's no perfect Christians that I know. Do you know any perfect Christians? I don't know any. I know Jesus Christ is perfect alone. And so I got a feeling some people have their expectations uh, in this manner. That, uh, and, and, and the solution is what I'm trying to tell you. The love of God. The love of God. So wait a minute. Time out. That tells me that you and I need to tell, communicate to everybody around us that what they really need is not just a friend in church or a friend at the work, but what they really need is the love of God. You see, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 4, 8 says that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Oh, he's holy, yes, but he's also love. And, and that's his very nature. That's his attributes. That's his perfection. God is love. And so uh, Paul wrote in Romans 5, 8, God commended his love towards us. And the Bible yet sinners, Christ died for us. John wrote in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Oh, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Again, in Romans chapter 5, and verse 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So this kind of love, it keeps us from being bitten with bitterness. And all of us have experienced it. And all of us have come away burned by some relationship. You know what I'm talking about. 
And if we're not careful, we can, we can hold people at arm's length. We, we can have a bad attitude. Anybody have a bad attitude? You know what I'm talking about. You know, you get disappointed. You get let down. Something happens. And if you don't have the love of God in your heart, if you're not letting the Lord fill up your love tank every day, then it's going to get drained empty. And then other people, you're going to try to get them to love you, and it's just not going to happen. Can I tell you something happened to me, speaking of this? I talked with a person here about a week ago, and this person's in their 70s. And they said to me, they said, I've not talked with my brother in over a year. We had a fallout. We had a hostile conversation that ended in, all right, forget it. I'm not talking to you. You don't talk to me. You do your own thing. And there were harsh words shared. This person told me this. They had not talked with uh, their family member in over a year. And here was the words, I'm done. You ever heard that? I'm done. I'm done. Anybody out here feel like you're done? That's what they told me. I'm done. I'm done with this relationship. I said, okay. And... uh, Then uh, the Lord led me to call this other individual with the permission and talk with them for about an hour, uh, who, by the way, uh, they do not claim to be a Christian, although they've been in church, this person I was talking with. We're talking about people in the 60s and 70s. We're not talking about 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, okay? We're talking about grown-ups. And so this person told me uh, a lot of things after an hour's conversation and after saying, well, I want to pray for you, this person is facing some health issues. And again, they had not talk, and they didn't really profess to be a Christian. In fact, the opposite was true. Uh, but at any rate, you know what happened? The person I was telling you about uh, that, that had not talked with their brother in over a year, I talked with them this week, and here's what they said. They said, you don't believe it. I said, what? He said, my brother called me the next day that you and I talked after we talked and then after we talked I called and prayed and then this brother called and this is what this person told me he was nice he didn't say anything ugly and and you just have to know the situation that never happened there's been hostility and animosity between these two for years and years and years and years and years. And this just happened last week. What do you think about that? I asked you a question. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Isn't that wonderful? Can God do that? Absolutely. And he did. To him be glory. Now, right now, you're sitting here today. You're saying, I know, Brother Pastor, that worked for them, but it won't work for me. Wait a minute. The love of God. The love of God. We're talking about being bitten with bitterness and having the love of God, watching and waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key, beloved. Here, I'm almost done. Here, that's the key. That's the key. If you and I, watch this, I think the message of Jesus Christ coming again helps me to look beyond the here and now and to know that I've got a better future, 
to know that this world is not the end. I'm a pilgrim passing through, a soldier in a land. The message of Jesus coming again is a message of hope. It's a message of assurance. It's a message of blessing. It's a message that motivates us to understand we'll all stand before the Lord Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. And it enables us and empowers us to live a holy life, a separated life, a life that pleases our Lord, a life that's transparent with the Holy Spirit of God, a life that walks in the light as He is in the light, a, a, a life that's not perfect, mind you, but a life that is broken over sin and a life that is bent toward wanting to please the Lord and wanting to run the race and wanting to finish faithful. This message of Jesus coming again is a message that uh, ought to bring joy and hope to every single child of God. It enables us again to know the best is yet to come, to know that this is not the end. Is there anybody here today that you've gotten down in the dumps? You feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're deeply depressed and deeply discouraged. And the weather's not helping. And things around you aren't going the way you want them to go. And God is reaching out to you today. And the Spirit of God is opening up the windows of heaven and manifesting His glory in this place today. He's reaching out, Jesus Christ, His nail-scarred hand. He's saying, if you'll just take a hold of my hand, if you'll just uh, look to me with the eye of faith, if you'll just let me love on you a little bit, I will love you with an everlasting love. There's nothing like the love of our God. And so, this kind of love that you need and I need is the kind of love that looks beyond. Are you looking for the Lord to come again? I said, are you looking for the Lord to come again? He's the only one that can fix this mess. Number three, and I'm done. Rather than falling into apathy and apostasy, we can have the love of God by pulling others out of the fire, the lake of fire. This is the kind of love. It doesn't just sit down soaking sour. People hear the message of the love of God and they just keep yourself in the love of God. I, I'm, I'm sharing with you the context of what Jude is saying. It doesn't mean just sit down and just be a one-way street. All right, God, come love me, come love me, come love me. No, no, no. That love ought to be flowing through us. That love ought to be cleansing us. That love ought to be making us more than conquerors. And that love ought to be bringing security in our life and hope in our life. And then we can't keep it to ourselves. If we just keep it to ourselves, then that's when we get kind of like that frog. I heard about a frog that was down in a meter, water meter. Y'all have seen a water meter? You ever turn off your water? You know, you pull the top off the water and there's a little knob down there. You got to turn it, turn your water off. I don't know if you got a meter like that or not. The frog got down there and couldn't get out. That frog just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It was just taking in, taking in. Bugs going down there and the frog just couldn't get out. All it was doing was taking in. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I just described the average Christian sits in church and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then something go wrong. You whine about it. Oh, listen, brother. Listen, sister. If you want to have the love of God in your heart and if you want to experience that love that holds you up and holds on, Jude's telling us, then, then this is what it's going to entail. 
It's going to entail snatching others. Some have compassion, mercy, making a difference, and others save with fear. The word fear is phobia. Pulling them, harpazo, snatching them. I love this picture. It's a beautiful word picture. Snatching them. I, I, I never read this until a number of years ago, and I said, really? You want us to, Lord, put out the lifeline? Is that what you're saying, God? You, you mean you don't want me to just go to church and that's it? You mean you just don't want me to read my Bible and that's it? You mean you, just want, you don't want me to just pray and that's it? No, 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 no. That's just a starting place. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments. That's the undergarments, a picture there, spotted by the flesh. This word spotted is a very graphic picture. I will not uh, feel led to share with you the uh, actual etymology of the word. It's uh, uh, soiled, a picture of uh, a human uh, soiling. It's not a good picture at all. He said, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. What's he saying? That the lifeline. That's what he's saying. The love of God is not to keep for ourselves. We keep ourselves in the love of God, but it's meant for us to throw out the lifeline. It's meant for us to go rescue the perishing. It's meant for us to go and tell the mission field, widen the harvest. If we want to experience the love that holds us up and the love that holds on, then we, like Jude is saying, others, we've got to pull them out. They got one foot in hell. They got one foot on the earth. They smell with the stench of the lake of fire on them. No, I love you too much. I'm not willing to see you die and go to hell. I'm going to throw out the lifeline. Grab a hold of it, my friend. Grab a hold of it. Don't die and go to hell. Don't die without God. Here, take the line. Please take the line. There's a better way. There's a Jesus way and Jesus will save you. Jesus will forgive your sin. He forgave my sin. He loves me. He'll love you. He'll change your life. Oh yes, the love of God gives us a message to tell. It gives us a motive to live. It gives us a mandate to uh, throw out the lifeline. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Are you going in and telling? Today, February the 14th is not only a wonderful Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to my sweetheart that's here today. I hope you've told somebody you love them today. But today is a double blessing. You know why? It was today that marks February the 14th, 1987, 34 years ago. And although we'd had the privilege of preaching for about five years prior to that, but February the 14th, I'll never forget it. I surrender to full-time Christian ministry. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I want to serve you, give you all my time. And whatever that takes me, I'm willing to surrender to your will for my life. And it's that day, February the 14th, every time it rolls around, I can't help but to think of it. And as I look back, I wouldn't take anything from my journey now. Oh, no, God's sure been good to me. And I believe the best is yet to come. Is there anybody here today that needs to surrender afresh in your heart? Maybe you need to break free from some bad habit. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I haven't been good salt in a bright light in a dark world. Today, the Lord is saying to you, will you throw out the lifeline? Will you build bridges? You can make a difference. You can, yes, finish faithful. Finish faithful. The kind of love. It holds on. The kind of love that holds up.
That's the kind of love you need. That's the kind of love I need. Would you stand right now?